it's very frustrating yeah. because the conditions, you have to have all these, in material life, you have to have all these conditions just right in order to just even get a little sip of, of something, you know. But in spiritual life, it's like you, you have uh, this information that basically what it takes is you, ch you're changing your life in such a way that you're pleasing to God. And then, you know, he's in charge of everything. And basically he takes charge of your life and uh, just, you know, you can actually become happy. That's really the key thing is that we're never going to be satisfied and happy in the material atmosphere because this is not who we are. So a little disclaimer, throughout the podcast, you're going to hear our spiritual master, Siddhasarupananda Paramahamsa, referred to as Prabhupada. And many people, when they hear this title, really, Prabhupada, they think of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who's brought this movement of Bhakti Yoga to the Western world. But we are referring to Siddhasarupananda Prabhupada, who is our instructing spiritual master and in, or initiating spiritual master. And so Prabhupada, I mean, Prabhu means master, Pada means feet. So understanding that, it would mean our master at whose feet we sit and receive transcendental knowledge from him. So it's not a title for any one specific person. It's a title that applies to all realized spiritual masters who are bringing this absolute transcendental knowledge to us since time immemorable. So yeah, I started to, you know, when I came back to the States this time after four years, you know, I'm home-based in Colorado, so paid my visit, wonderful place, and we decided to do a podcast because it's, it's amazing. Nature is so beautiful and quiet and peaceful. So here we are and thank everybody for joining. And we have the opportunity to, to have Pena joining, yeah. which is, I, I, I don't know. It's funny because the I think the idea of the podcast or, or the start of the podcast actually was when we met like a few years ago here. Because remember you, you we were speaking and and I was asking you know how what I can do to you know to to be active in spiritual life to be engaged to do something positive and to, to make a contribution and and you said you know we, we can we can do something together online remember that yeah that was like yeah what eight years ago <laughs> seven years ago and that's how actually and then we started doing recordings with not podcast version but lectures right with yoga meditation on stream yeah. And then it just morphed into a podcast. It morphed into a podcast. So we're kind of mm. closing the circle. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but it's very nice to have you here, Pinup, and thank no, you for I, it. I, uh, thank you for it. No, I appreciate it because, you know, Balki has been my friend for so many years. Yeah. 
How many years? <laughs> North of 50, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Over 50 years. Yeah. What night? We met in 1967. 67. August 1967. Yeah. That's right. We both moved to Hawaii at the same time. And, uh, and we met in front of a surf spot. Well, we in, front of a, in front of a surf spot. Uh, of course. Kalakaua <laughs> Avenue, right there in yeah. front of the in uh, front of canoe Royal was. Hawaiian. I mean, right there next to the place where the Beach Boys yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Waikiki Beach Center, I guess. It's That's what it's called, yeah. Yeah, those. He talks. walked up. I, mean, I was looking at the ways. He walked up. We're standing beside you. We started talking. And yeah. Here we are. We talked story for like a couple of hours. Then. Yeah. 53, 56 years ago. 56 years ago. Yeah. And we're still talking. <laughs> yep. That's a long story, but it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah. yeah and I want to hear that full story, by the way, because we have time. Well, and, you know, the interesting part is, you know, I'll remember it one way. Yeah. And then Balaki is going to remember it another way. But <laughs> basically, the thing was, is, we met there in, on Oahu for those couple hours, talk story. And then we both sort of went our own separate ways on... I had moved to Hawaii with my parents. Oh, and yeah. uh, they had put us... My dad's company put us up in a in the Reef Hotel. And so I, I was... Until our, we moved into a house in Kailua, but it wasn't ready yet or whatever. And uh, so, you know, I wandered on down to the beach, and that's when I met Balakia. We talked story for a couple hours and then kind of went our own separate ways on Oahu. Ah. And uh, then, as, as uh, life goes, you know, we both moved to Kauai at the same time. <laughs> I'd moved there with a buddy of mine who I lived with in the North Shore. It was basically a friend of mine that I surfed with all through high school. And, you know, I had lived, because I was living in Hawaii, he moved over there. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we were surf buddies. And, and then we met Balaki over there. We were, we were, <laughs> we didn't have a, Penny to our name, actually, my friend and I. We had a tent, though. And so we were living in this tent. And, uh, <laughs> that reminds me of your story as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and we're uh, at this surf spot on the west side of, of Kauai called First Ditch. Pretty desolate. If you know Hawaii, it's like Kiavi trees and sand and hot. It's the leeward side of of the islands, you know. The islands have everything. They got the windward side where it's very lush and green and everything, and then up in the mountains is green. But then when you get over to the west side, the leeward side, it's pretty dry uh, over there on that side. And, and we were living under a coffee tree in this super dry area, just really uh, not like if somebody said, Oh, you're so lucky you're living in Hawaii. No, this place was... <laughs> Why were you living there then? <laughs> that's where we ended up. We are looking for waves, you know. Oh, yeah. That's and, the most... And a kiawi tree, it's funny because uh, these kiawi trees are like 
thorn trees. Oh, yeah. They're gnarly. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, really yeah. gnarly. I was driving across Texas, and I saw this tree. That looks like a Kiavi tree. So the next time, I pulled over into this park, and there was this this uh, Mexican guy was in the in the park. He's like kind of a taking care of the park. And I asked him, what kind of tree is this? He goes, uh, mesquite. So it's a mesquite. You see mesquite? That's Kiave. So anyway, uh-huh. we were living under that tree. And, uh, you know, Balakia knows the backstory because I, <laughs> I was not involved until he pulled up. And uh, we're like, hey, I remember you, blah, 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 you know. And uh, kind of from that point, we reconnected. And and that was like two years later. Oh, really? From the, oh, first, from the first meeting. Probably two and a half years. Two, two and a half years, yeah. yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we just started hanging out together. But what was interesting about it was back in that time, I mean, you're talking about late 60s, early 70s. So there was a lot of stuff going on in terms of cultural revolution, like uh, the hippie thing and all that kind of stuff going on. And and we each kind of did our own little thing on Oahu in our own little groups. And then uh, I sort of independently became interested in spiritual things, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, independent from Balkia. And same for him. Uh-huh. So my idea of going to Kauai was, of course, waves. That was important. <laughs> but also, I had started on this sort of like spiritual journey thing or whatever, however you want to call it. And uh, gotten into yoga. And uh, I, I read this magazine, Surfer Magazine, and they had this article in there about Reno Abelero, which is a, he was a, you know, Big time surfer that time. Mm-hmm. He wrote this article about, or it was about him, or he wrote it or something, but it had about vegetarianism and doing yoga and all kind of oh, this kind really? of thing. Jock Sutherland was also on that group. Was he in there yeah. too? Yeah. And so uh, I, our group, our my group of friends, we all became vegetarians and stuff. Oh, really? And, uh, that was probably 69, somewhere around in there, 1969. And so, consequently, it's like I'm learning about yoga and all this kind of stuff. Went to a class one time at Church of the Crossroads and t- took a yoga class. And then I said, no, I can do this on my own, you know. So I got the, this book, this big book on yoga and started doing the, the exercises because... Hey, this would help my surfing. Yeah, that, that's my. That was my first. That was my first. Uh, yeah, you know, that was top of mind at that point. First reason. And then, uh, you know, just gradually started reading different books about spiritual life and everything. And so, and it, on, I I think. Balaki at the same time, he's doing the same yeah, thing. I, I was thinking doing exactly the same thing. He yeah. read the same article. Yeah, <laughs> really? Surfer magazine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it was on the cover. Yep. And that changed my life, too. That's when I did the same thing he's describing, but independent of each other. 
Yeah. Basically, like, you know, when you write a sentence and then you want to say this, and you'd write ditto marks underneath? <laughs> it was just like that. Whatever he said, ditto, ditto. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And then, so, so that's the backstory. And then we both kind of converged on Kauai yeah. Yeah. at the same time. And then we kind of linked up. And then, of course, whatever stuff we were involved in, in, on Oahu in terms of, you know, all the other stuff that was going on at that time, that was kind of already washed out. Mm-hmm. And now we were sort of, I had this thing of, well, I want to know what's going on in terms of, you know, you know why am I here? What What's, you know, those kind of questions, like who am I and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that was sort of the, and then we kind of just, fed off of each other you know like i'm reading this book he's reading that book and we kind of compare notes and that kind of thing you know? so, so kind of my feeling is that until that point you were both and you i mean you're still very in a sense like independent person like or you you were like you how to say it but like yeah like you you're, you're not like clinging on to group like in that time as well you were like doing your own thing yeah. under those oh, two years yeah. you were oh, and, and you were doing the same thing oh yeah you were, absolutely like, yeah. doing your own journey yeah. and like, oh yeah 100 percent. yeah following your own absolutely. path so to speak yeah. and then right and then when we and then it led to and you know it, it was very difficult at that time to even stay on Kauai because um like balakia had some money he'd save some money i was not a money saver <laughs> So I did not, but this buddy of mine, uh, who just uh, was actually born the same day as I was, and all this kind of stuff, uh-huh. he he at when he was twenty one, he got some social security because his father had passed away when he was younger. And so he's like, okay, I'm I'm off to Baritz. I'm going to France. Because, again, there was an article in Surfer Magazine (laughs) about south of France. Hey, there was good waves. (laughs) So he's off. (laughs) So he gives me his job as well as his spot in in the house in Anahola, which is a little town in Kauai. And this is like, because my buddy that I moved over there with, He'd gone and married his his girlfriend and, and moved to Oahu. So I, I'm there by myself now, and uh, on Kauai, and I'm moving into this house on Anahola, and I have a job. It's kind of like tough to find a job there. Yeah. So I go to move in the house, and the landlady freaks out because I'm howling. How it means white. How white means white guy, you know. So, which, which is interesting because the guy that I'm, yeah, that moved to, yeah, yeah. he looked just like me. I mean, we could have been brothers, John Holland. He, I mean, we. I don't know what the lady's trip was, but she said no. So, there was this Filipino, this old Filipino man in in Anahola town, that said, oh. You can come live in my place, you know. He had been a carpenter, and he had built this little, basically it was a room, a little room, you know. He said, you can stay there, you know, across from the dump. (laughs) You know, he had married a uh, Hawaiian lady, and, you know, he had a 
I mean, his property is probably worth a bazillion now. But his name was Melicio Bolotai, but he went by the name William, you know, just to make it easy. easier. And uh, so he said, oh, you can live there, you know. So I, th I can't remember. I think I paid 50 bucks a month, <laughs> something like that, $50, you know, and had this room. And then so Balaki and I are hanging out together. Oh, yeah. And I have this job at, at, at uh, Wailua Marina restaurant. And so fast forward a little bit. We, we used to go on these, these sojourns every once in a while to, on a fruit run. Yeah, in the, in the forest where you talked about like you were eating fruit straight we from the... We knew where all the trees were, all yeah. the we best had, We trees. had a root, like, <laughs> like sort of a, uh, like, okay, the, an established root. Oh, really? Because, well, we knew about this tree there, you know, yeah, like, yeah. we had these papaya trees. Because up in Kilauea was, uh, they had a plantation that time. They were still growing sugar. So they had the Kilauea plantation up there. And uh, all the arable land, all the land that they could grow sugar on had sugar. Mm -hmm. But there was these gulches and stuff that you couldn't really no. grow sugar in. So the, the workers would plant stuff down in those like bananas oh. and papayas and stuff like that. So you remember those that one, there's this one tree, I think we call it the honey papaya, but it was It was big papayas like this, but those kind of big papayas generally don't aren't not sweet. Mm -hmm. This one was super sweet. So anyway, that was on our route that that particular stop. And sometimes we got bananas down in there. So we're we're on we just this is sort of we're on one of those you know sojourns to go find fruit, right? And we're in his his van. I think we're in your van. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, we were. And uh, so we're cruising on this road, this old road, and come across this bridge, and we kind of look down this little little valley, look across, and wow, look at that mango tree, a huge mango tree, and uh, it had lots of mangoes on it, and, and also. Man, there's avocados down there too, you know. So he's, I mean, he's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, basically. And so we said, okay, <laughs> go down there in his VW van, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, so there's these common mangoes. They're all over the ground. We're we're picking up mangoes and going checking out the avocados and everything. And then I hear this dog barking. It's like, oh. But there was a house there. Oh, there was a house there. There was yes. a house there, and this mango tree, and the, they were kind of around this house. Right. Oh, and you could see that from the top, like. Yeah, we saw the, the house. You could see the house. Uh, so there was a this big mango tree here. There was a house here. There was a, a lychee tree, and uh, and this yeah. other mango tree, like a Hayden mango tree, here. So we're down there picking stuff off the ground and just basically like, what the heck, man? This is, this is kind of cool because this old house was. I mean, we had different standards at that time because you know we're number one, we're young, we don't have you know, so we just checking the house out. Nobody's living there and everything, and we hear this dog barking, and I'm like, 
uh oh, you know, yeah. this could be trouble, you know, because you you don't know, especially your Howley guy on Kauai. You aren't always welcomed by the local. Really, people. really. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's like. So, nice. you know, we're like, yikes, you know, and this this little Filipino man comes out from from down below, and uh, as friendly as could be, oh. you know, Vicente Hilario, and it was his name, and so we're talking story with him, you know, and uh, so we're just kind of he's real friendly and he's he's not you know, like getting down on us for being down there or anything. And then he says, he's looking for somebody to live there. It's like, <laughs> actually, I, mean, I, I huh? remember a little different. Okay. Yeah. How do you remember? He was talking to us and he said, oh, the howley that used to live here. Yeah. You know, he, I had to get rid of him because he was growing Pacalola. Oh, is that? Which is marijuana. Weed, yeah. Marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I went. I think oh. that guy was a guy that I bought a, my first car from. Was that it? White Plymouth. Oh. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, you rented this place?" He said, "Yeah." And I said, "Oh, would you rent it to us?" He said, "I no, no, I don't rent it anymore because this guy was planting Pacalolo, got me in trouble, and so on." I said, "We don't, we don't use that. We don't do any of that." He said, "I don't know. I have to talk to my wife about it." You know, and he said, I said, well, if you do, if you would rent it, how much would it cost per month? He said, "Mm, maybe $10. I said, he said, but I got to talk to my wife, Jane. He said, come here tomorrow at this time and I'll bring her. She can meet you guys and then she can decide. So the next day, exactly that time, we showed up with our best surf tr- trunks on, our best T-shirts tucked in. So, I mean, we wanted to look the best we could, you know. And so we met them, yeah, and continued. Yeah, and so, you know, we were okay with Jane. She liked us. She liked us. Did, did you guys have long hair at that time? No. Just like trying to... No, no, no. I never had long hair. Okay, okay. No, I, I never like, had long hair I didn't like long hair because when you're surfing, it like gets in your oh, eyes. Yeah. And, stuff. And, <laughs> like, no. and I was in the Coast Guard Reserve, so I couldn't have long oh, hair okay. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. And so, uh, yeah, we hit it off with Jane. And uh, she said we could. Uh, uh, one more funny point. While we're talking to Jane, and she's, she's kind of really favorable toward us, we could tell. But Shinti was kind of hanging in the background, kind of head a little bit down. You know, he didn't enter into the conversation like he was like. Mm. So then after the whole thing, she said, yeah, I think I, we can rent it to you guys. And he came up and he's really like bashful. And he says, you know, one thing, he said, you remember how much I told you it would be? You know, I said, yeah, you said it'd be $10 a month. He said, I'm sorry, it can't be that. It's got to be more. I said, okay, here we go. I said, all right, how much? He said, fifteen. Fifteen dollars. Okay, that's all right. We can handle it. <laughs> you were waiting like hundred or yeah, I was two, waiting. Two, he said, fifteen. Like oh, okay. Oh. So he went. Oh well. 
simple people. <laughs> simple. And so, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, so we started living there, and we paid fifteen dollars once for one month. Yeah, and then he and then one month. And she said, "No." But then she said, "Oh, he said, you know what? You guys don't have to pay anything because they liked us so much." Yeah. You guys don't have to pay oh, anything. Man. Just keep the grass cut, cut the down grass. a little bit, cut the weeds. <laughs> so we had that place for free. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. And this, I mean, this is so amazing on Kauai to have a place. And yeah. we're close to Hanalei. I mean, yeah. to surf spots uh, yeah. on the North Shore. Uh-huh. It was like. And all those fruit trees in the yard. All the fruit trees. I mean. You didn't, we didn't even name them all yet. No. It was. Bananas, papayas, avocado, mango, lychee, oranges, lemons, breadfruit, breadfruit, taro, lily koi. Holy! Growing right there. Oh. I mean, this is this is our shop. And there was a little, there's a little stream ran through that valley. And there was watercress in the stream. Yeah, watercress in the stream. So we, yeah, edible watercress. Wow. Yeah. So. Which actually, um, they made. He was growing it commercially, and they made him stop because it. They said it had liver flukes in it. But so we had running water. I mean, the house, like up to like, our standards weren't that big. Okay, <laughs> I mean, this house. I don't know when it was built, but it was quite old. Uh, tin roof. In the kitchen, big kitchen, and in the kitchen had, coming through where the sink was, was two 55-gallon drums on top of each other, connected. Then on top of that was a funnel, which funneled water from the roof into that. So it was a catchment system. Kind of a catchment thing. And then then there was just a spigot that came in, uh, which is a, you know, you know what a spigot is? Yeah, 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 like a tap thing. Yeah, yeah, tap. They came into the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. So we had running water in the house. But that house was bigger than the normal oh, yeah, worker was. house because yes, it, it was a plantation boss house oh, previously. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. quite, I mean, size-wise, yes. It was quite a good-sized house. I mean, mm-hmm. in comparison to what the sugar houses like in, yeah. in Kilauea or whatever that the workers lived in. And, this, and it was out. Those sugar houses where the workers lived were like... Yeah, all right yeah. next to each other, and this was out in its own. Yeah, its own valley. Yeah, yeah. Its own valley. Yeah. As, this is, and I remember when you were speaking because you were mentioning this house before, like briefly, but I didn't know the backstory. But what I think is so amazing, and when you speak about Hawaii and you speak about these, I mean, it sounds like paradise. And it and, was. and 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 you'd think that a person would be perfectly satisfied and happy, and you're just like, this is it. My life you is know, done. I don't have to work. I, have, I mean, you're living for free. You can pick fruit out of the garden for free, like no. It, I, I mean, mean, it's just it, like, and you know, my concern, of course, was that I got to go surfing. Right? So I needed <laughs> gas money, money for gas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I I had quit working at the Wailua Marina, somewhere in between there, and uh, I had a couple different jobs. They, they, at some point, they stopped growing sugar. And these guys from the Midwest came in. They were growing seed corn. So I worked in the cornfields, you know, 
doing this cross-pollination thing. And then, you know, it was like a dollar forty an hour. <laughs> it's like I wasn't actually killing it, but, you know. But gas at Kong Lung Station in Kilauea was 36 cents a gallon. Mm. So I had enough so I could get to, to the surf mm. spot or whatever. <laughs> so, it, and, and like you mentioned, though, you would think on paper, it's like, wow, this is like paradise. And yeah. we go up on the sugar road and go down to the beach. There's the ocean down there. There's nobody there. Wow. There's nobody there. I mean, like... Miles. Miles. Beach. Nobody there. Nobody. So, but again, even though we had that situation... It wasn't satisfying. It wasn't actually satisfying, you know. You still have these other things going on in your head, whether whether uh, you're influenced by desires and all these kind of things, and you're just not satisfied by even even the most idyllic situation. You know, I, I wasn't satisfied, and I knew I wasn't. But you know, you just kind of accept it, you know. That's what most people do. They just accept yeah. it. And like, yeah, that's just, life. Life yeah, is meant exactly. to be. Like you're never. And, you know, hope for the best kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. But uh, we, in, in our, we used to every night, we had this Coleman lantern. You know what Coleman lantern is? Cash lantern. Oh, yeah. yeah Coleman. You, you yeah, pump it up yeah. like this and it has a, yeah. has a mantle, you know, you light that thing. Yeah. So we used to have that. And every night we'd, we'd uh, read. And we're reading these different kind of books, like about, you know, spiritual things or whatever, you know. We were actually reading also sometimes the Bible. Yeah. Oh, Bhagavad yeah. Gita. Tried but to, not the Bhagavad Gita as it is, but just a Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. I had one my brother gave me. Very just, difficult to enter into. And, very and very other, difficult for me to enter into. Other yogi, esoteric type books. Kind of a little bit from here and there and there. And yeah, exactly. We were all over the place. And, and the um, Quarian Age Gospel of Peace, you know, that was one that we read. And, uh, you know, just all these books, you know. And so we got this one book called Autobiography of the Yogi, which was uh, this guy Paramahamsa Yogananda. And so we started we both read it and, and then connected with that book is this organization SRF self-realization fellowship and so you know a little it's funny I don't even know how we did research at that time but somehow we found out they have um, these lessons on meditation and different uh, exercises and stuff to to facilitate your meditation. Like a correspondence course. Yeah, it was a correspondence course through the you mail. Could, you could sign up for small money and get uh, lessons in the mail. Every week, uh -huh. weekly. Send, yeah, every, mail, every post, week we, we get a, a new lesson and you had to turn your, fill, you know, do it and turn in your other one for exam kind of uh -huh. thing, like check-in. Yeah. And so it was... A, By mail, post. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're doing this and... And at this time, Balakia had his place in the house, which is his little meditation area. I had my my meditation area. And so we were kind of following this, you know. 
And I remember one time Balakia had to go to his uh, Coast Guard thing monthly. And at the time, it just happened to coincide with the um, visit by this guy from SRF, this mm -hmm. SRF sort of guru kind mm -hmm. of guy, right? Mm -hmm. The the leader of SRF, Yogananda, had passed away some time earlier. I think quite a while earlier. Yeah, quite a while. And uh, so anyway, Balakia comes back from his meeting with news about going to this. He went to a meeting that they had with this SRF. You said it was at the same time as, as him going to Coast Guard? Yeah, it, he just happened to be on a walk. I had to go to a weekend uh -huh. meeting every month. Yeah. And when I was on Oahu uh, okay. for that meeting, okay. this yogi oh, came, yeah, yeah. and so I went to his I got it. conference, his, oh, okay. his public appearance. Yeah. So, Balakia comes back from that with news about this thing. You know. Man, he was heavy. Man, he was. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the in your mind you have this concept. At least at that time, I had this concept. Okay, the guy's got to have a beard and, you know, robes, the whole thing, mm. you know, Indian guy, mm. and, you know, this is the guru thing. And he had all that. Mm -hmm. This guy had it he all. Che <laughs> he checked all the boxes. So <laughs> he comes back with tales of the whole thing, you know. And, 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 and somewhere along the line, Balakia tells me, you know, I'd really like to get into something full-time. I'm like, I'm already into something full-time. <laughs> Surfing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we live so simply at this at this place. The name of the, the area is Kolau. So we that's where we were living. This, that's where this house was. It's where the you know cool. what we described that was what it was called cool. so um you know I, and i'm i'm like you know get into something full-time is kind of because it cramps you you know and in my mind i'm thinking oh this is going to restrict my my life you know mm -hmm. kind of deal mm -hmm. anyway so somewhere along the line there balakia sees a a poster in Lihui that um, and that was Ambrose's health food store. Is that where you saw it? Yeah, in Honolulu. Yeah. So um, that there's going to be a spiritual gathering in Lihui. Was it the library or something? At the school. Oh, was that at school? So anyway, school cafeteria. So um, I couldn't go. I was working. You know. And that was in September 71, basically, is when it was. And uh, I couldn't go because I'm working. By now, I have this job at the Mokihana Lodge. I worked in the restaurant and also I was a handyman, you know, fixed things, you know, all the locks broken on uh, room 204, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, he goes and he comes back. That was on Sunday. So on Monday morning, he's telling me to scoop on this on this gathering, and we're here's the, here's the house, here's the 
kitchen on this end, and right here is this papaya tree that we have. Kind of a tall papaya tree, so it took a technique to get that papaya. And you, you wait till it's ripe, you know. And then we had a like a bamboo pole. And one guy knocks it off, and the other guy catches it. <laughs> it was like a, a two-man job. <laughs> and so that's where this conversation, do you remember that? That's where the conversation was taking place. <laughs> and so he's telling me about this gathering that he went to, and it was like, uh, oh, yeah, it's the Hare Krishnas, you know. Well, that freaked me right there. I'd seen the Hare Krishnas in Honolulu. And they, these guys were serious. I mean, you know, they wore robes, they shaved their head. And I was not pre, I wasn't inclined towards that, you know. I mean, we were doing our own thing kind of deal. And then, you know, I'm shaving my head. Uh, I don't know. You know. So anyway, Balakia says, well, anyway, there's going to be a class on Wednesday in Lawai, which is the other side. I of the said it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But I went Monday, Tuesday, but you couldn't go. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay, I, I forgot And you that. said, okay, I'll go Wednesday because this is my day off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, Balaki is going to this thing, and he's finding out information and all this kind of stuff. And then I go on Wednesday. And uh, we remember this a little differently, but we're, we we walked up. It was in this abandoned house. Um, you know, we just walked up this road to go up to this abandoned house. And this guy's out there. He goes, Hari Bol. Balaki says it was Hari Krishna. But I knew Hari Krishna. I knew that word, Hare Krishna, but I'd never heard, heard Hari Bol. So I was like, oh, wow. You know. So we go inside and it's decorated as was the style in those days with these tapestries, you, these Indian tapestries, you know. And uh, I actually got some in my van right now. <laughs> the, the, the Indian tapestries and then had this kind of shelves and there was a some it was like a little altar there and um, there was uh, there was two guys and our spiritual master Prabhupada was one of the guys and he had this little harmonium this thing is like about this big and it had you know so we had a little artique little offering so this this other guy, Stuart, was doing the Arctic, and, and Prabhupada was chanting. And so we had this Arctic, and then 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 we're chanting, and, and uh, I mean, uh, it was came as was first, came very natural. Was a, yeah, you know, I like to sing anyway. You know, I always was uh, a singer. Uh, you know, the radio, whatever. I turn on the radio and sing along with. And then, you know, we chanted for a while and then Prabhupada spoke. And it was like, talk about checking boxes. It was just like, because we had, I had all this different 
ideas, all these things like this buddy of mine was into Mayor Baba. You ever heard of Mayor Baba? That's probably a good thing if you He was a popular guru at that time. He was time. yeah, he was in a America. guru at that time. He was a guy he didn't speak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was Rama, I was Krishna, and now I'm Mayor Baba. You know, he was a anyway, so Prabhupada spoke and I had all these ideas or concepts or not really knowing what's going on, you know. Yeah. And he took and just like painted a perfect picture. Mm. He said who Krishna was. He said, Krishna is God. And I'm like, wow, that just makes perfect sense. Everything made perfect sense. Everything that he said. I guess some people, they, they, they're like, I don't know if, I know if that's true. Maybe that's true. I, I just like, for some reason, I was given the mercy, actually, to understand that this was important and that this guy knew exactly what he's talking about. And it wasn't from reading some book, but that in reality, this was realized knowledge. And he's just laying it out there to us, just telling us the whole deal. And I'm just like, remember we're walking down that road. I was like giddy. I was like, because we'd read this book about uh, finding a spiritual master. It was in that book, uh, Autobiography of the mm-hmm. Yogi. And I'm just like, man. I just met my spiritual master. Oh, wow. The only <laughs> sketchy part was the weak link in the whole thing was me, you know, being able to to do the stuff necessary to achieve, you know, success in that. And, uh, yeah, that was like the turning point, really. I mean, for me, you know, then I'm like, okay, you know. Then at some point, you know, Balaki is hanging out with him every day, just about at that point. And uh, he tells Balaki, oh, you know, I'm getting kicked out of this house where I am. He just, the problem, yeah, it was funny, you're reading that thing about fearless, um, that in the uh-huh. Bhagavad Gita, describing the transcendental qualities and fearless. Prabhupada was fearless, man. He just moved into this house. You know, and uh, well, into your house? No, no, I'm no. talking about this. To that house. house where we went. The house where we went on the other side of the island. He he somehow oh. heard about it. Actually, what he did is when he landed on in Lahui, as he was coming off the plane. That was in the old days when you know passengers went right to the plane. You didn't oh, have yeah. to go yeah. through securities and all that stuff. So he gets off the plane and there's this girl going on to get on the. Next to flight back to Honolulu, that was Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. And she, they knew each other from Oahu from before. And she said, "Oh wow, what are you doing here?" And he said, oh, "I came over here to just see if anybody's interested in, you know, bhakti yoga and chanting and so on." And she said, "Where are you going to stay?" He said, "I don't know. I just arrived." She said, "Well, I just moved out of this house, uh-huh. and you can just go there. There's nobody in the house." And she told him where it was, and that was the house. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just moved in. Oh, uh, so that house where you went? Okay. Yeah. And then the landlord of the house a few days later just came by inadvertently to see what to check it, and 
Prabhupada was living in the house with Stuart, this guy he brought with him. And he told him, what are you doing here? He said, oh, well, Charlotte, don't matter, you know. And he said, well, yeah, you can stay here, but it's going to cost you X number, which is probably not much, but so some money per month mm -hmm. to rent it. Mm -hmm. And Prabhupada didn't have any money. He came over there with oh. no anything, you know, but everything. He'd given... That, that this is another whole story, but basically, <laughs> he had he bummed ten bucks to fly to Kuwait. You could, yeah. That's what it cost for a ticket. Ten bucks. He didn't have ten bucks. He borrowed it from somebody. Got yeah. it from somebody. He, he just bummed ten bucks from somebody to go over there. <clears throat> so when he landed on Kauai, he doesn't no so money. That's when he said, well, I can't stay there, so I have to leave. So he tells this to Balakia. There, There's a lot to the story. We could make this interview well, this could 15 be a, hours. but Yeah, this could be a Joe Rogan thing, like three hours. <laughs> exactly. I have no problem with that as long as we're in the shade. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, yeah, right. Yeah. That's okay. But anyway. But, yeah. So, so anyway, to make a long story short, when he said that, we were, like I said, I'm leaving out. We're leave, we are leaving out parts because yeah. there's so many parts. I said, well, you can come stay with us. Pain up and I living in this valley, which we called Om Valley, by yeah, the way. We, we, we named that place Om Valley. I said, you can come stay with us in Om Valley. And he goes, and I'd already told him about Om Valley, you know, where it was and, and the general setup idea. And he said, well, you know, really, for me, that place is, is not suitable because it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I came here to meet people, to talk to people, to make it easy to invite them where I am and speak to them, etc. And this is too isolated. I mean, nobody, how's people going to come there to, so on? But he said, I will agree to come there until I can find something better. And I said, great. So... I arrived at Om Valley with Prabhupada. And he, he Painup didn't even know about it. <laughs> and he's home, and I came in, and I said, Oh, that time uh, Prabhupada known as Siddha. I said, Oh, Siddha's going to stay with us. And you said, Okay. <laughs> and so that was it. He just moved in. And then. But it was. It, it, it wasn't like, because Prabhupada was who he was, you didn't question anything because it was just, yeah, okay, that, that's, this is what's going to happen. That's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Like, and looking back, of course, it was beyond our good fortune. I mean, there's no estimating our good fortune in that, but... Um, and then we were just talking this morning about, you know, he moves in there and then basically turned our place into an ashram. Mm -hmm. This became an ashram. Which it remained for 10, 12 years. Yeah. Really? From that moment, it was like the ashram on Kauai for, yeah. like I say, 10, 12 years. Yeah. And, and so there... there Basically, it, it 
and I still had a job. Yeah. There's a good story associated with that, you know. So I still had a job, but every morning we would have, um, you know, Prabhupada set up. We made, okay, his meditation room turned into the, to the temple room. Mm -hmm. So we had Krishna in there and stuff. And my meditation corner basically gave that to Prabhupada, and that was his room. He lived in that room. And uh, so every morning, and, you know, Prabhupada would give classes every morning and every evening. But actually, the whole day was like a class because just hanging around with him was like a class. Yeah. Every little thing, he would, whatever he would say and stuff was like, you know, just good info, you know, good information. So anyway, one morning the class went, and I still have a job at the Mokihana Lodge. I had quit the restaurant because that was not good, you know, being a vegetarian. I couldn't really work there anymore. Certainly me too. I mean, I was a vegetarian before, but I didn't realize the impact karmically of serving meat to yeah. other people. Yeah. So having learned that from Prabhupada, I, I okay, I'm not going to work there anymore doing that. Yeah. So I was still a handyman, you know. So I, I this was a day, the class went a little long in the morning, and I was going to have to, you know, hustle to get to, to work on time. So I go out, I have this, that time I had a 51 Plymouth, you know, Six volt battery, you know, yeah. It turns over the motor like, yeah, yeah. So I go out there, and this wasn't the first time this happened, but I go out there and I get my stuff, throw in the car, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. No, just no, one. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. It's not, we're, we're not starting today, okay? And so, Balakia kind of sees what's going on. And by this time, there was other guys staying there because Prabhupada was like a magnet. Like, people just came, you know. Cosmic Ray, remember that guy, Cosmic Ray, and then uh, Radha Govinda. and Tom, Mark, and... Yeah, just like... Guys. So, um, you know, we're all kind of coming out of the room where we had the class, and Balaki kind of sees what's going on. He said, come on, let's go help Mike, you know. That was my pre-initiated name. We're going to, you know, here, let's help him push the car. Because we'd done this before. And uh, so, you know, guys are coming around to help push the car. Prophet says, don't you help him go to Maya? In other words, don't help him start that car because he's going to just go off and do some nonsense or something. Anyway, so I grab my stuff and I have to hump, hump it up to the highway and hitchhike into town. And uh, so I'm, I'm at work all day and then Balakia and, and is driving Prabhupada around, doing different things, whatever. We used to do all kinds of different things. And he wants, Prabhupada asked him, what time does Mike get off work? Oh, I think it was somewhere around 2.30 or something. I don't really remember the time, but okay, you know. So 
I'm at work and I'm still a little bit hoo-hoo about the whole thing, which I was a little upset, you know, over the whole. Couldn't get help pushing my car. <laughs> and uh, so at the, at the time, I'm just walking out from my job and I'm going to have to hitchhike back home. Mm -hmm. And here comes Balakia's van. He had this V-dub van coming into the to the Mokihana Lodge and the door's open. Prabhupada's in there and says, Hari Bo, come on. Came to pick you up, you know, after work, you know. And then, of course, whatever I was bummed about, it's like, disappeared. You know? <laughs> but that was sort of the, uh, and then, of course, I, I quit my job and as we dove deeper into the whole thing. Yeah. And then a wonderful people, time. And we had, you know, so Prabhupada named the place, um, what, what? It's the, the secret temple. Or hidden temple or something. Hidden temple. The hidden, hidden temple. Hidden temple. So there's this place in Honolulu, which is not far away. They had a bunch of hippies living there. It was um, they even made a movie about it. it yes, yeah. Elizabeth Taylor's brother had this property, unbelievable property, right on the ocean in Honolulu. You know, white sand beach. I mean, it's like, and uh, hippies lived there. He just let hippies just move on there and made these houses out of bamboo and plastic and whatever. Tree houses. Tree mm -hmm. houses. Yeah, they're just, and so. We had this truck. We had gatherings every Sunday. And we would just drive out to Taylor Camp, load that truck up with hippies, and, and truck them into to the hidden temple, you know. And, I mean, it was like, it was shoulder to shoulder in the back of that. It was like a one-and-a-half-ton truck with stake sides, you know, flatbed stake sides. We just load that thing up, man, bring the hippies in there. and Had a... Yeah, they loved it. They loved it. And the food was very simple. I mean, it was just stuff we got, you know, around. It was kawaii, man. It was all, all kind of stuff. We had found this um, abandoned pineapple field that was back up. Uh, you go up the Wailua, next to the Wailua River, and you go back in the house lots, way back in there. And there was this field of it had kind of been deserted because <clears throat> some of those pineapples from the pineapple growers, they were like this big. Jeez. These pineapples were like this big uh -huh. and hadn't been really taken care of, mm -hmm. but there were a lot of them, a lot of those pineapples. We used to take these gunny sacks up there and just fill these gunny sacks with, with these pineapples, you know. So, you know, that's some of the resources we had. There was a, somebody grew cucumbers up there. You remember that? And led us into the field, sort of like the senior gleaners kind of a concept where the guys have already, have already uh, harvested. But this like you go back in later or something. We, we used to get that. There was taro root, which grew right where we lived, other side of the bridge. And it was growing in the creek. Taro's like kind of like a potato kind of thing. Growing, uh -huh. you can anything you can do with a potato. Basically, you can do it with taro. And, but the, this it grows kind of in water. It, it's yeah. and uh, 
man, some of those taro roots are like huge. And I have never been able to find uh, those squash leaves, that variety of squash leaves. We used to eat these squash leaves like a green. Unbelievably good. But we had food like that, coconuts. We made this coconut holiday, you know. Very simple food, but the the hippies came. Oh, they loved it. It was tasty. And we went and got. We would go harvest like um, tea leaves for plates. So I mean, we were like about as green as they get. Man. <laughs> I mean, it was. We were green way before the green movement. <laughs> yeah, and and you know we didn't hardly buy anything, yeah. and we were living like kings. Really, I mean. We'd feed 50 to 60 plus people for five bucks. <laughs> five bucks. That's all. Yeah, man, it was. But it worked really well. It worked. And, and here we are. This is many, many years later where Balakia and I are up in BC in this, in Revelstoke, which is a ski area. Yeah. And we were skiing up there. And we're skiing in this, uh, in this, um, it was cat skiing, you know, where you go. Catamaran, up. yeah. Catamaran. Not a catamaran. Cat. Cat, yeah. A snow cat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're in this snow cat, you know. Bullocky has a ski helmet on. It has Joggenoff on it. This guy, you know, there's 12. It, 12 is the limit uh, that this snow cat can take, you know. This guy, like, you know, he looks at Bullocky's thing with Joggenoff on there. What, what did he say to you? He said, well, I used to go to those feasts, some feast where people really? had this thing in Kauai years ago. I said, was it at the Hidden Temple? And he was great. Yeah, yeah. And he'd been at our feast, you really? know, and, and here we are years later. Oh, oh, we're talking like <laughs> years later. I mean, maybe what? 30. 30 years <laughs> later. And he remembered everything more. very favorably. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was like, wow, yeah. That was, was cool. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we had quite an impact back in that time. You know? We were the biggest show in, on the island. Yeah. I mean, on yeah. a Sunday, man, people are like, yeah. we're going to Hidden Temple. But the point is we had perfect spiritual guidance mm -hmm. from a realized teacher. And, and the impetus to get people to come there for us like the well, prophet spoke every week so our impetus to get somebody to speak was very big because we wanted people to come and hear prophet because you're not getting this information anywhere else not this information in just in total I mean you know this is kind of like you said the other, I mean, I posted a, a reel, like a short video where you were saying, you know, about positive thinking gurus and that they don't know really what the, the goal of human life even is. And then you, and you said, you know, you have to understand what we speak about here is different. It's yeah. not, it's not what you'll hear everywhere else. No, Just to refer like, to what you said. But it was, and it was, I mean, I don't know, but it was just amazing because Prabhupada would speak every week. And uh, the influence, even till today, there's devotees that came at that point 
and they're still, you know, around, you know. It was like, so it was very, very, uh, well, for me, it was life-changing, that's for sure. I mean, changed the direction of my life because I was basically a materialist, you know. Yeah. Surfing's the best and blah, 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 you know. Well, found out that surfing is not the ultimate. And sooner or later, your body is going to get like you. I, I it doesn't fulfill you. you know, yeah. it doesn't. I, I look at some of the waves, like you know, you see these clips of guys surfing, and I used to surf pipeline. I mean, that was a place I surfed all the time. I look at it, man. There's no way I would go out there. I wouldn't even get yeah. close to that place yeah. now, man. It's like, and of course, all these guys are just kids, you know, practically speaking, you know. But that just shows the, the the craving that we have for real satisfaction, and oh, that's absolutely. where they think that they will no, get it. And then absolutely. you're like, 100%. you put yourself in like the greatest risks. I mean, all those guys skiing in, in, up in Tromsø, but and it's avalanche been, risks, and they just like it's very it's, frustrating. Yeah, because the conditions you have to have all these in material life, you have to have all these conditions just right in order to just even get a little no. sip of, of something, you know. But in spiritual life, it's like you, you have uh, this information that basically what it takes is you ch you're changing your life in such a way that you're pleasing to God. And then, you know, he's in charge of everything. And basically, he takes charge of your life and uh, just... You, know, you can actually become happy and become happy with very little. It's not like you have to customize your your environment or this or that, you know, mm -hmm. you, you yeah. because this actually place is not our home. I mean, what are you going to... That's what these rich people in Silicon Valley, they have so much money, they try to just customize their environment. But the problem is... Their environment is all material. You're not getting a chance to understand what is the difference between matter and spirit. And that's really what Prabhupada has done, is give us information on what is matter, what is spirit. We are spirit, so no matter how much matter we accumulate and try to um, enjoy or try to absorb, it's not going to ever do it. That's really the key thing. Is that we're never going to be satisfied and happy in the material atmosphere because this is not who we are. We're, we're spiritual. And so basically the bottom line is that Prabhupada taught us um, how to, and it doesn't matter really who you are or where you come from or like, you know, I'm basically a carpenter. I'm just a, you know, uh, blue-collar grunt kind of person, you know. But there's no qualification needed for that. But you, but it's important that you understand who you are and where happiness is to be found. Because you, if you're barking up the wrong tree, you're never going to actually become satisfied. But from wherever you are in life 
occupationally, educationally, whatever your situation is, geographically, it doesn't matter. There's no, there's no formula that you have to, uh, you know, fulfill this formula and then, okay. The only thing that you need is the information that, you know, we are not material, we're spiritual personalities. We have this forgotten relationship with God that we have to reestablish. That will bring us happiness. And the only thing needed to reestablish that is a desire to reestablish it. Yeah. And, and, and then that information will come if you have the desire or if you have the sincerity, that information will come so that you have the possibility the to is, satisfy that. Krishna, God controls everything. Yeah. God controls absolutely everything. So if we have this desire, he's residing within our heart. So if we have this desire, he understands our desire and can help arrange circumstances. Everybody's got a story like this. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a story like this. Uh, Everybody does. Because, wow, that was a weird circumstance. Somehow yeah. I somehow I came in contact with this, that, That's or the true. other thing in order to fulfill this desire that you have to know the absolute truth. Somehow, wow, that was a weird circumstance, but there was just a certain turn of events that happened. And and that's really what happened uh, with both of us. I mean, we had these kind of, you know, I don't know, you could call it a coincidence. But if you understand, which we've learned from, from our teacher that... Um, God controls everything. We have this desire within our heart, which being all-knowing, he, he understands our desire. He basically he hooks you up you know, with the information you need to fulfill your desire. And actually, either materially or spiritually. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. He says that in Bhagavad Gita. It's like, huh. um, you know, he's seated within the heart and is guiding the wanderings of all living beings who are seated as on a machine made of material energy. So we're in that machine, we're on that machine, you know, and uh, so he's guiding their wanderings according to their desires. So that one little desire, wanting to know the absolute truth, will arrange circumstances in such a way that we can come into to contact with the information we need to fulfill that desire. Yeah. So I feel very fortunate that, you know, I met somebody who had the information to give me. But, it's rare. And, and, you know, taking the opportunity now that I'm speaking to you and, and I'm usually just speaking to Balakia and I, you know, someone might look at our podcast and they think you know how how is it possible to come to that stage where you are but like you're like i mean to me you're so special and the information they have in your life that you're living i mean you're inspiring so many people and so <laughs> it's hard for you you know from the outside perspective maybe to to express that yourself so i'm thinking you know maybe i can get help from pain up to like what, what what's i guess the question is really what's so special about you like What's so special about, about him? No, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, because I, I'm just going to say, <laughs> there's something that comes to mind. 
you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. <laughs> we we came from different ends of the United States. We had kind of different upbringings and everything. And uh, it's not like there is some special qualification that you need because the devotees of God are described as petita pavan. What that means is savior of the most fallen. And there's no qualifications except that one that I described. Mm. You want to know the absolute truth. That's it. Some people come to that understanding by uh, some painful situation. Some people just by dint of their intelligence, um, they're smart, you know, somehow they, you know, bump into it. Uh, I don't know. There's so many different possibilities there, you know, but that there's one thing in common that is you just, you, have this desire, and then when presented with the information, you make a choice. Yeah. I want it. I want that. Yeah. And one thing about meeting Prabhupada in, in the very beginning was that I, I could perceive very clearly this person had something. This person was speaking about a personality. He's talking about God. He's speaking about a personality that he knows. Yeah. Clearly he knew. So he's not speaking from some book knowledge or something like that. He's speaking from realization. And so I had this feeling like, well, I want to know that too. I want to know that what this person knows and... Well, I want to know the absolute truth. This person knows it. And awesome. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I want to learn from, from what he knows. But, yeah, for, you know, for most people in that, I don't know if you have that, but for most people during that way, the mind will come with all sorts of garbage and then obstacles and, you know, well, I know best or, you know, you hold on to your previous beliefs or you... And I just think yeah, it's... I, I, I understand that. I've seen it yeah. over the years. Yeah. I didn't have that. By God's grace, I did not have that. Yeah. I did not, I did not like, oh, is this true? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I accepted it immediately. And like I said previously, the, the, only, uh, the only sketchy part was am I going to be able to take the steps necessary mm-hmm. for me to actually become successful? Mm-hmm. And what I didn't understand at that time was that what we really need is the mercy of a devotee of God. That's what we need. That is the essence of spiritual life, is receiving the mercy of a devotee of God. And Lord Jesus came and distributed his mercy. And he said the same, I am the way and the light. Yeah. And no one passes unto God. And that is a spiritual principle that Krishna, God, basically says, 
you know, approach me through my devotees. And he sends his devotees out into the world. There's a nice verse in Bhagavad Gita describing this. He sends his representatives out in the world to just recapture, re-bring back home uh, the fallen souls, you know, the wayward souls. And the beauty of the process is if you chant God's names, the mantras, which that's what we were told from day one. Day one. Then even if you don't really have that desire or you don't have that real interest or you got all these doubts, if you just chant the holy names, it'll clear that away. You know, like in the 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, if Krishna says, if you follow the principles of bhakti yoga, you will develop a desire to know me. And the main principle of all the principles is chant the holy names. And, and that just, you know, eventually it could be a long time or it could be immediately will make it so, yeah, that's what I want. And and desires, I mean, uh, doubts just kind of like they diminish or they go away and your interest increases and your attraction to chanting increases. So that was Lord Goranga's teaching, you know, chant the holy names for this age of Coral chaos, confusion, doubt, hesitation, contamination. Chant the holy names, and that will clear away all these clouds. And I can't say that I existed in a cloudless sky myself. It's just that my that I knew that Prabhupada had the had the absolute truth. Yeah, I see what you mean. It wasn't that I was like completely free of no, no. Um, you know desires to do this that or the other thing I, I there's no way that I was at that point but it's just that I, I understood um, and again this is by God's grace I understood that he had the information mm-hmm. like Lord Jesus said a very nice thing he says if you want to do the will of the Lord if you want to do the will of God, you will know that I come from him. So that right there kind of says the, it, it kind of encapsulates the whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we get instructions. So, okay, God leads us to his devotee. And then his devotee gives us the information like Balaki was talking about. Chant God's name. Mm-hmm. If you're a little woozy, a little bit shaky, chant Krishna's name. If you're not shaky at all, chant Krishna's name. If you're a demon, don't want to have any, don't have any information or any interest in God, mm-hmm. chant God's name. Doesn't matter where you come from. It's described in the Srimad Bhagavatam. If you're full of material desires or have no material desires. Chant Krishna. And eventually, it's like, it cleans the, like you have this mirror, this super dirty, you can't even see your reflection in it. You can't see who you actually are. You can't see where it is um, 
you know, what you should be doing or, or anything like that is so yeah. cloudy. Yeah. And this dust on the mirror is cleansed by the chanting of God's name. So the gradual, and it's a gradual process, some more gradual than others. But gradually, that mirror will begin to be cleansed. And you, be, you see a little reflection in that mirror of who you actually are. And Krishna in, in your heart is telling you, you know, if we're fortunate, he's saying, yes, this is who you are. You're my servant. I want you to come back to me because that will make us happy. We won't be, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, to, to borrow the phrase, that song thing, you know. <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Spaces. But, and so maybe I, we should. Yeah, I, I just, just quickly, because of that point, I just like, because you're, I mean, what you're and you're you're practicing that right now with the chanting. That that's the most important thing. I mean, you just went on this tour for like two or three months, you know, yeah. all over the West Coast, yeah. chanting the mantras to people. We went, just to, like, we went Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, Texas. Yeah. With the bus, yellow bus, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite quite fun gives you life actually you know don't want to be a dead man walking no that's no, amazing and yeah i'm just so grateful to have the opportunity myself to be here and have the association view and Bucky and, and no we're all very fortunate you know the way I feel about it. <laughs> we could we could even make this really long, <laughs> or maybe because I I don't know. It would be interesting. This could be a three-hour job. Could, could be a three-hour <laughs> like, I'm, or maybe it is already. <laughs> it already is a couple. I think. No, anyway. Yeah, it's, so, cause it, yeah. But yeah, wonderful revisiting old times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful memories. Um, and I always. Because what kind of the start of my spiritual life, basically, you could say was the one and the first and the last time I've been surfing in, in a Christ, Christian surf camp in New Zealand. Really? When I really started questioning, when I really started like, how about hell? How about, you know, is God's, how can God's love be unconditional if he throws us into hell? And, and then I was like, from there, it really took off. And, and so it's, <laughs> I have a good association <laughs> with surfing. <laughs> surfing special stuff. Yeah, it is. I, 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 I got to say, in relation to surfing, that, that kept me engaged in an activity that you could have gone, at that time, this socially, I mean, things were like, culturally, things were blowing up. This late sixties, I mean it was going crazy. But that kept me oh, yeah. Yeah. focused on that. Really? I had a a mission. <laughs> Even though it was very self self centered and materialistic. But, <laughs> yeah, it kept you out a lot of stuff. But it was it was clean for one thing. Yeah, You're yeah. in the water, you know, I mean <clears throat> And then you wanted to take care of your body through yoga Absolutely. because of the surfing. I've had people ask me, Were you a hippie? 
Mm-hmm. I said, no, I was a surfer. Yeah, there's no way. I did not. And they, I, they said, what's the deal? I said, well, hippies don't have, didn't have anything to do. No. But surfers had something to do every day. Every day. You know, hippies just sat around, get stoned, you know. They didn't really have anything to do. No, like But focus. we had something to do every day. No focus, you know. Yeah. But that's nice. I mean, that's a good point. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. Even though it's not the transcendental you know activity or you're yeah. surfing it's still i'll say this it's kept me out of a lot of trouble oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and we started out surfing material waves and we wound up surfing transcendental <laughs> waves Absolutely. the waves of the holy names and let's do it Benab's going to lead today he's going to chant haribo nitai gore nitai gore haribo that was a nice transition Transcendental waves. Haribo, did I go? Did I go? Let's see, I gotta figure out the tune. Haribo, did I go? Did I go? Haribo, Nitago, Nitago, Haribo. Haribo, Nitago, Nitago, Haribo. Haribo, Nitago, Nitago, Haribo. Haribo, Nitago. Nitaiko Haribo Haribo Nitaiko Nitaiko Haribo Haribo Nitaiko Nitaiko Haribo Haribo Nitaiko Nitaiko Haribo Haribo, Nitaiko, Nitaiko, Haribo. Haribo, Nitaiko, Nitaiko, Haribo. Haribo, Nitaiko, Nitaiko, Haribo. Haribo. Haribo Nitaiko Nitaiko Haribo Haribo Nitaiko Nitaiko Haribo Haribo Haribo, Nitaiko, Nitaiko, Haribo. 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 Haribo
Tai Goradipo. Haribo, 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 Haribo,
Thank you, Malachi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we thank all of you who may join us on this podcast. We appreciate it very much. And remember, if you want, leave your comments, share it with other people, and we'll see you next time. Haribo. 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 <laughs> oh, thank you, Peter.